This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression. And this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Hi, and welcome back to the Mom and Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kat, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Behind the Sessions. In these episodes, I'm really trying to touch on the topics that come up in therapy. You know, when we find out that somebody is struggling, are they having a hard time mentally, emotionally, we might get like the headline of it, like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with depression or anxiety. But unless you know somebody really well, or they're willing to share with you what is really going on, what's contributing to the reasons they could have depression or anxiety, it would be really hard to know. And, you know, people's lives are so complex. People are complex and we have a lot of things that happen to us in life along the way. And some of the strongest people that you know, might have also had some of the greatest difficulties you've heard of. And that's part of what I want to talk about today is what I see a lot in therapy are people who are struggling because of some of the things we've talked about. They're dealing with perfectionism. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of pressure on themselves. They're feeling like they have to you know, be the perfect parent or perfect mother. But why? Why outside of, you know, the societal pressures, which I do also talk about, why would somebody be feeling that? I want to talk about one sort of particular brand of this that comes up a lot in therapy with uh, moms and women that I meet with in therapy. So when I'm meeting with somebody and they're dealing with, let's say, intense anxiety or high levels of worry that you know, they are doing the right thing for their child or feeling like they're a failure if they're not meeting some high expectations that they have of themselves. I wonder why, like what has contributed to the person's suffering in this way? And that's part of what therapy is, is kind of digging in a little deeper outside of just supporting people with coping skills and, you know, how to deal with those difficult moments, but why is this even happening for them and why in this way? 
So this particular style of being in the world is of hyper-independence, hyper-functioning at all costs is something that I see gets really activated when a certain some people become parents. What it can feel like to them is that they need to be doing all the right things for their child. And if they're not doing those things for them, then they're failing. And I've talked about the dichotomy of perfection and failure in many episodes, one of the um, behind the sessions episodes a few back. In particular, you know, if you have set yourself up to feel like you have to be the perfect parent, then it's often going to feel like failure because there's no way to do that. But what is driving that motor? What is driving that thing that propels people to feel like they have to be perfect or that they have to be doing everything right? One of the ways that this manifests for people is if somebody grew up early on in life with either a very chaotic home environment or a neglectful home environment where they were either literally left alone and not cared for, or emotionally left alone and not cared for. Or there was something that happened in their childhood where they had to become very independent and or not rely on the adults around them. And now this unfortunately happens more than you would know or more than you would imagine. There are a lot of people who have been through their childhood either you know, put in a position to have to fend for themselves and, or have to kind of be the adult in the home, even though they are the child. And there's so many different ways that can happen in a family system, all of which I won't get into right now, but I want to think about for a moment, if you are a child or when you were a child, if you were in a position where you didn't have anybody to rely on, or there was nobody consistent for you to be able to rely on how that might impact you. For some people, they end up feeling like they need to do everything on their own and potentially that they can't rely on other people to meet their needs. Now, as a child, you don't have the full context of understanding why adults in your life can't meet your emotional needs or can't be physically there for you. It's very hard to know. And most often, children are left to kind of fend for themselves, figure things out on their own. And unless there is an adult around who's kind of explaining things and giving context or emotional support in other ways to help a child understand why, let's say their primary caregiver isn't there or can't be there in any reliable way. Kid is kind of left to figure out things on their own. And because children don't have the context of the world at their fingertips, their worlds are small and they are at the center of that world because that's just how that, you know, works emotionally anyways. So what I mean by that is that kids often end up blaming themselves for either they've done something wrong or they've contributed to an adult not being able to be there for them. I'm making some pretty broad like generalizations right now, just to give context for how somebody might grow up to be hyper-independent 
And I say this also knowing that there are many, many different ways that this happens for people. And if you are somebody who's listening to this and you can resonate with part of that feeling of hyper-independence or feeling like you can't rely on anybody, then your path might be different than what I'm describing or suggesting. But I just want to give a couple of examples for context so that you can begin to think about what it might be like for you, or if you know somebody's sort of hyper-independent, why they might be behaving in the ways that they are. This podcast is supported by Posh Peanut. Raising a family can be tough, as we know, and it can also be amazing and beautiful. Posh Peanut gets it, which is why they make beautiful, soft clothing that is tough enough to withstand all of the rough and tumble of childhood, and they have sizing for parents as well. You could even get matching clothing for the whole family. Made from viscose from bamboo, the clothes stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton. These clothes are made to last, loved by parents, and approved by kids. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, beautiful, and stylish clothing for kids and families designed in-house, from beautiful florals to your favorite brands such as Hot Wheels, Disney, Hello Kitty, and Barbie. It's also breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate on sensitive skin. So I got my Posh Peanut loungewear, and I've been putting it on, especially after my long client days, because I need the instant comfort and relaxation. It's one of the ways that I do my self-care, because the soft, stretchy fabric of the Posh Peanut loungewear is really comforting to me. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code MIND. Go to poshpeanut.com slash mind and use promo code MIND for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash mind, promo code MIND. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Okay, so going back again to thinking about a child who's in emotional or logistical situation in childhood where they are emotionally neglected or they're not being attended to, or they have to figure out kind of how to fend for themselves or be the adult in the family. They would be developing a pattern in some way where in order to sort of survive and or feel safe or try and make sense of their life, they're going to be turning inward, only potentially like relying on themselves, or at least not trusting other people, not trusting other people to like do what they say they're going to do, or feeling like a burden that if they need something from somebody else, then they would be burdening them. As a child, they could be feeling like this, that they're burdening a grandparent or an aunt or somebody else in their life. So when you're in a scenario like that, 
where you have to depend on yourself and asking for any of your needs to be met becomes a burden that is usually forged and formed out of necessity. Nobody chooses to feel those things. It happens because that's what has to happen in order to continue, in order to survive and get your needs met in other ways. Sometimes for some kids, it can be that they feel like they need to make themselves so small and have no needs at all so that none of the adults around them get upset. So again, that's just another example of how this can manifest and what it could feel like. So if that ends up being your primary mode of being in the world and it gets reinforced over time and you grow up and let's say now you're into adulthood and you are, let's say, newly postpartum and your mode of being in the world is to do everything on your own, be very independent, not have needs from anybody not ask for anything from anybody. And now you have a brand new baby. What I would argue is that this time in your life is the time where you need the most help. At least one of the times where you need the most help. Bringing a new person into the world is a really tough time to be very independent and not need anything from anybody or not want to need anything from anybody. So sometimes what happens is... A new mom, somebody who has a a brand new baby might feel like they now need to do all of this new stuff on their own as well. That can include everything from changing diapers and making food and nursing or bottle feeding to doctor's appointments to uh, whatever detail that you can think of that is part of caring for a child. Somebody who is hyper-independent and cannot or does not want to ask for help from anybody is going to be now be putting additional pressure on themselves to do more and be more. Add into that, if you are somebody who had a neglectful childhood or in a childhood where you were neglected or abandoned in whatever form, and now you have this brand new baby in your arms and you think to yourself, there is no way that I would ever do to this baby what was done to me. Now you have an additional pressure to be even better, even more perfect, to make up for for all of the things that you missed in your own childhood, to make sure that you don't do that to this brand new baby. What happens is if you're somebody who grew up in a neglectful environment and you haven't had an adult around you to show you that it's okay to need to show you that it's okay to make mistakes, to show you that it's okay to ask for help. And you have this new baby. Some people anyways, end up kind of swinging the pendulum from their own childhood where there was neglect and abandonment to now being a parent where they feel like they have to be all in 150% all of the time, every time. And there you are stuck in the middle, basically a setup where there is no way that you are going to be able to be the complete sort of emotional opposite of somebody who abandoned you or neglected you to this new child. And you don't have, you're now like trying to figure out everything on your own. You don't have any measure for what is like a reasonable expectation for a new parent. You're just thinking that you don't want to be like how you were treated, let's say. So the bar is high. The standard is high. 
perfection is kind of the only option at that point. So what can continue to happen is pressure builds and builds and builds. The longer that this goes on, the older the baby gets, the more pressure you have on yourself, the more you're going to feel like you're failing. Unfortunately, I see this and hear this all the time. There's no way to feel like you're doing a good job or good enough job for that matter. If you have to be perfect all of the time at this point, like when somebody has this really, really high anxiety that often comes along with this and, or depression that can come along with this, these impossible standards, it can feel almost like they're stuck and like they can't get out of it because anything less than great is failure. Uh, it can feel that way anyways. So the pressure is just naturally very, very high. And the longer that it goes on, the more you feel stuck in this pattern, the harder it can feel to get out, to kind of dial back the intensity of how this feels. Because if you don't have any other measure for how to be a good enough parent, it's not going to feel like you have other options other than this like perfection. And when you start to enter into this territory of feeling like a failure, then asking for help is even worse. You feel like even more of a failure. Like I couldn't figure this out on my own and now I need help. Now I'm really, really failing. So the kind of hyper independence that started off as a, basically a survival strategy ends up, I can end up being the thing that actually makes you feel horrible later on when you're a brand new parent and your only option is to do the best and be the best all the time and not quote unquote show weakness or ask for help or admit anything other than you got this. It's so incredibly stressful and it takes an unimaginable amount of energy to maintain yourself. When you're exhausted, you don't have sleep. You have to do all and be all. You can't ask for help. And now the internal process that you're dealing with, that the emotional process, the thought process is unrelenting. It's constant, always worried, always feeling bad, always wanting to do your best, always feeling like you're failing. It is just so overwhelming to feel any of this. And I want to interject here and say something that I'm sure anxious parents would be thinking right now is, oh gosh. I don't ever want my child to feel neglected so that they don't end up feeling like this as an adult. I'm just going to put it out on the table and name that right now. What I'm talking about when it comes to this, like the modern day pressure of parenting is that somehow you have to be engaged all the time. And that if you're not, then you are, you know, not being a good enough parent. I reject that as a premise. You don't have to be engaged hundred percent of the time. Your kids also sometimes just need to like stare at a wall and play with whatever little mobile is hanging in front of them or whatever. The kind of like emotional neglect that I'm talking about is not that like you went to hang out with your friends one night or go have some me time or girl time and you left your kid with somebody else. I'm talking about near constant or daily or frequent years long of emotional needs, not being attended to physical needs, not being attended to 
And it doesn't have to look necessarily like you were just left in a room by yourself. There are all kinds of more subtle ways that this emotional neglect can impact somebody, but it is like a constant and ongoing state of life. So I'm just putting that out there that for, if you're a parent who feels like you have to be with your child hundred percent of the time, and if you're not, then you're abandoning them or neglecting them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So once you're at this state as a parent where you're feeling this incredible anxiety and overwhelm, as I said before, you may be feeling sort of trapped by this dynamic and trapped by the process. And now you're in a position, if you're seeking help, that would be ideal. If you're going to, to see a therapist, that'd be great so that you can help kind of weed through some of this and figure out a path so that you can feel a little more relaxed in your life and a little bit more at ease with the um, parenting process and with yourself. But when, when you are in the depths of this kind of this anxiety or this depression, you're stuck in multiple worlds. You're a bit stuck in your own past of, you know, not wanting to recreate the difficult or bad or challenging childhood you had. You're in current time now trying to parent this child that you have, figuring out yourself, figuring out this baby, figuring out your relationship, uh, figuring out how to work, all of these things that are happening now. And you're a bit out into the future trying to prevent what happened to you from happening to your child. Again, I just want to point to how much energy and effort it takes to be managing and maintaining this emotional and cognitive process the whole time. It is a lot. And it is that alone would the amount of energy that is put out would be enough to stress somebody way out 
and contribute to anxiety or depression. So what to do then if this is you or if this is your experience? As I said, I highly recommend seeking out a therapist that can help manage this. Ideally, somebody who's perinatal mental health trained, who understands, you know, some of these perinatal dynamics. But what I find to be true and what I talk about a lot on this podcast and with my clients is the way through, at least in the day-to-day, aside from healing the deeper, deeper stuff, the way through is compassion towards yourself. If you are somebody who's going through this right now, it is very hard to feel any compassion towards yourself if your measure is perfection and failure. But if you were to witness somebody going through what you're going through right now, what you know to be right now, very, very challenging, and you saw somebody suffering that you really care about, there is no way that you would tell them that they are failing. There is no way that you would tell them that they need to just try harder or snap out of it. That's impossible. And you know that that's not a reasonable suggestion to give to anybody, but you would be able to tell them that they're doing a good job. You would be able to tell them that, you know, how hard they're working to be a good parent. You would be able to tell them, you know, how difficult it is to balance all of this. You would be able to see them through all of what they're going through. You would be able to tell them that how you're feeling is not who you are. It is what you're going through. And that is what I encourage people to do. That is what I encourage you to do. If you are somebody who cannot like kind of turn that mirror on yourself and see that you are suffering, that you deserve compassionate support, that you deserve to go easier on yourself, that you can be a good enough parent and a good enough mother. Uh, You don't have to be perfect at everything. If you can't pull that into your own realm, pretend and imagine what you would say to somebody that you really love and care about if they were going through the same thing. And then use that to give compassion to yourself. If you can say it to them and it's true for them, then it is true for you too. And outside of that, I mean, there are a lot of different ways to cope and heal through these types of situations. Some of it is just trying to figure out how to function in the day-to-day now, but some of that deeper healing, some of the ways that you learned how to be in the world, those things can be managed differently. It can take time. It certainly takes effort, but people do heal from stuff like this. People do heal from difficult childhoods and find an easier way to function and live in their own life. You know, as I've said before, healing takes time, but it is most definitely worth it. So I just wanted to highlight for you today that this is a thing, this hyper-functioning, not being able to ask for help, not wanting to ask for help, feeling weak if you do, that is something that will absolutely make the transition into parenthood harder. If there's not a little bit more flexibility and leeway for yourself to right now as a new parent, this is not the time to be hyper-functioning and on your own. This is the time in your life where it's where you need help and that it's okay to ask for help and get support and have people on your team and get the sleep you need and get the rest you need and all of that. So I just want to put that out there as something to think about and notice if this is something that is happening for you, then please do consider uh, reaching out to get help from a therapist, 
talk about it with somebody that you trust and find your way to healing and have an easier time with parenthood. All right. Well, I hope this has been supportive to you and thank you for being with me and uh, listening to this episode of behind the sessions. Please do go follow me on Instagram and TikTok at mom and mind where I post all of our episodes and have a lot of information there for you to hopefully resonate with and also share with people that you care about. Thank you so much for being with me until next time. Please find the Mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com, where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at Mom and Mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.